right. This is Tomorrow is Cancelled. I'm your host, Matt Caravella. And with me today, we've got Nick DiGiacomo. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great there, Matt. Thanks for, thanks for uh, having me. All right. And uh, we've also got Stephen. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm in my little box here. Steven's in his little box. That's great. Uh, we've got John on the ones and twos. Oh, John Panamento. Yeah. DJ John. DJ JP. DJ JP. And speaking of P, his name starts with a P. It's Pat Henry. How are we doing today, Pat? Woo! I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm flying this plane and uh, trying. Trying to keep it. Trying to keep it uh, uh, in the air. That's what I'm trying to do. So, uh, good, um, good, good evening to you, gentlemen. It is evening. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday night. Our very first episode of a very brand new show. Uh, tomorrow is canceled. Um, it's a, a show about mostly uh, gaming news, movie news, TV news, things like that. Things that that we all know and love. Um, we're just here to talk about them and, and, and chat about them and have a good time. Should we let the audience know that there's actually a super secret episode zero? We, sh- I guess we did. We just did. So there is a super secret ec- episode zero um, that we will de- debut along with this um, episode. I have to warn you that I, I'm not really sure uh, how the audio quality is going to compare to that one. We tried different platforms. We kind of we're 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 into experimentation on this show. So we tr- we we tried a couple of different things out, and um, that was one of the things that. Uh, uh, we we did end up changing the platform, so check it out. Whenever we debut this one, um, we'll 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 also our episode zero will go up. Well, hopefully we'll have the artwork for the show by then too, which will be kind of neat. So yeah, we 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 took a leap off the cliff, and we're trying to build our plane before we crash. So the key to building a plane is to build it while you're flying it. That's what I've always said. So so speaking speaking of canceled. Yeah, our show is tomorrow is canceled. You know what else was canceled? Apparently, E3 also canceled this year. Good riddance. What is E3? Stephen, E3, big trade show around for 30 years. If you don't know what it is, uh, you're clueless and ignorant and should just leave. Um, But it has clearly outlived its usefulness now. It's been replaced by much better conventions. PAX, for example, Comic-Con, friends of the show, PAX, PAX East specifically. We have not been we have not been to any of the other PAXs, but PAX East uh, is podcast approved. You can't say that. Uh, sponsored even. Um, uh, New York Comic-Con, great show. Lots of great conventions. E3 has outlived its usefulness. Good riddance. Say lovey. Get out of here. Now, Pat, you're a known defender of E3. Is that correct? No, it is not correct, sir. Um. I once heard you say that it was your lifelong dream to attend an electronics entertainment expo at some point in your life. It was like a, like a lifelong goal of yours. Hmm. When I was like 15 years old and it was on G4. Yeah. Sure. If they invite us, we'll go. I uh, should, should have recorded it. That would have been, that would have been worth the playback. Friends so, of the show G4. 
Big time friends of the show, Kevin Pereira, of course. It's a one-sided friend. Sessler. Well, he's a former friend, Adam Sessler. We, we've, <laughs> we've, we've cut him loose. Um, but no, the E3 is not relevant anymore. In this age of actual consumer engagement, PAX East, you get to meet a lot of the creators. It's a, it's a really still, even though it's grown a lot, it still is a really sort of down-home and personal kind of a convention. E3 was always a more exclusive enterprise, made for the press. They tried to open it up for the general public. It was a boondoggle. They tried to go to virtual last year, apparently. I didn't even realize that was a thing because it was so irrelevant. It is just outlived its usefulness. One of my favorite parts of PAX East are just all the different conferences and boards that you could go and uh, sit on and see all these great panels throughout the entire show, as well as talking to all these great indie developers. John, you remember when we were talking to Farming Simulators and the, mm-hmm. our, our friends over there. We spoke to, a, I believe, a Polish man who was responsible for um, developing, as far as I know, all of the code of Farming Simulator. He was extremely friendly and personable. We got a, we, we, we dapped him up. It was, a, we, it was a personal connection. If you go to E3, are you going to talk to anyone from Farming Simulator? No, you're not. You're going to pay a lot of money to talk to no one and wait online all day. I wonder if they're going to make an E3 simulator. That would be a really, really boring game. It's just a well, I think the big, the big change with E3 happened in um, when they started only inviting the press to attend, right? And then they no, Matt, it's always been a press exclusive show. Um, going back thirty years, you needed press credentials to get in. Is the change, the change, yes, the change they made was a handful of years back. I believe in twenty nineteen, where they op- or eighteen, where they opened it up to the general public for an exorbitant cost. Um, where you had to wait on really long lines to see basically no games because it was like an afterthought. The general attendance thing was an afterthought. So it was a terrible experience. Um, and then COVID just came around and just put a bullet in the back of its head. And now, thankfully, uh, it's, it appears that E3 is a thing of the past. You really hate E3? There are fan-oriented conventions that are much more enjoyable. And in terms of getting the word out to press, uh, E3 doesn't matter anymore. It's not an era of magazines and, you know, and newspapers and local television covering these games. The games are covered by, you know, Joe Schmo or little, you know, Gen Z Twitch guy. Um, E3 is antiquated for many, many reasons. Listen up, viewers. How did the ESA hurt you? Not fans of E3. Never going. If you're invite us, we're not going. Fuck you, E3. <laughs> we're, we're team packs. We're team packs all the way. We're, we're in the packs gang. So, so E3, is not, E3 is no longer culturally relevant, but uh, what do you guys think of uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer? Before we get to the trailer, I, I have to say I, I would really like to start drinking my tea, oh, but yeah. I can't do oh. that until we have our mug check. Mug check. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a mug check. All right. Matt, Matt, you start. Oh, wow. Eyeballs. Ex, ex, Grant wishes. Grant wishes. And now explain, explain this mug for the, audio, for the audio viewers. Explain this mug. It depicts um, all of the Dragon Balls, mm. and it, it claims that they grant wishes. Matt, we need more specificity. Which Dragon Balls are these? There are many different types. Are these the Earth Dragon Balls? Are these the Namek Dragon Balls? Are these the giant super... Dragon Balls from DB Super, Nick, you're the expert. These are these are it's actually super graphic. What Matt is showing us right now is not super. <laughs> it is super graphic uh, and not. It's probably it's probably made on um, like WordPress mm. mug. Um, can, can we assume that it's the Earth Dragon Balls and Shenron is going to grant your ball wishes? Mm. 
Probably. Yeah. I, I was I was studying them pretty carefully, these balls, and it looks like they are the Earth Dragon Balls. So that's that's a good one. That's a, that's a that's a classy mug. You can't tell without scale. Uh, that's true. Those could be galaxy sized uh, Dragon Balls, like in DB Super. You really need to know that. Or they could be Namekian size. Or they could be Namekian. We'll, say. we'll assume they're Earth. They're probably Earth. They're those old, worn out Shenron balls. Do you think that um, they'll ever put Dragon Ball characters in Smash Brothers? No. No, absolutely not. Toei no. doesn't, to- Toei doesn't want to play ball. Still, still wish they'd been Fortnite, though. Yeah, that I think is a there's a bigger, yeah, bigger chance of that. But still probably won't happen. Fortnite has enough money to throw around at it, but I think Toei would say no. No, they don't want they don't want people to have fun. If Naruto and Sasuke can have a gun, why can't Goku and Vegeta? Mm, yeah, good point. But no, but uh, no, counterpoint, Goku and Vegeta what do Goku and Vegeta need with a freaking gun? Do you know what, what their power levels are? What does God need with a starship? What does Goku need with a gun? Are you kidding me? If he's gonna be in Fort if he's gonna be in Fortnite, he should have like he should just be able to blow up the entire Fortnite map and just kill everyone. It was one comic on see them do the, the dances. That would be fun. Oh, that would be so good. A, a, a joint equal. Well, but considering how long it took him and Vegeta to learn how to do the fusion dance correctly, I feel like he would not. They, they're not good dancers. Goku and Vegeta are not natural dancers. No, Goku is a good dancer. Vegeta is the one. That <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Vegeta has too much of an ego to be a good dancer. Steven? Have you ever played a Kingdom Hearts game? The audience needs to know this, Steve. Uh, no, unless the DLC for Smash Bros. counts. Uh, Pat, do you mind? Do you mind recounting the entire story of Kingdom Hearts in? Uh, the only oh, the is- one thing I do know for Kingdom Hearts, and this is spoilery, is that Donald Duck is the most powerful entity in the Final Fantasy it's universe. True. He's a power level clo- <laughs> close, similar level to Goku, I think. <laughs> He can use something called a Giga Blast. Or Zeta, Zeta Flare. Yes, Zeta Flare. <laughs> Zeta Flare. <laughs> and I, I, I know almost nothing about the lore, but that's supposedly the most powerful spell ever of any Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts character. Supposedly, by a factor of several hundred zeros. Yes. So, Pat, what's your favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Two. Two is my favorite Kingdom Hearts game. No, Kingdom Hearts 180 divided by pi over e. Can you dispute my contention that Kingdom Hearts is just epic Mickey in that it's terrible and <laughs> overrated and should never have gotten any attention? There's a not there's not enough mental gymnastics that would, you know, make a co, you know, coherent argument for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get to you have to fight all the Disney bad guys and then also Final Fantasies there. No. And Final Fantasy is like, here's the key, and then go be friends with Mickey. How many versions of Xenohort are there again? No, no, his name is his name is Final Fantasy. There's a level in Kingdom Hearts where you am I making this up? There's a level where you can, it's like a it's like um a rhythm game. It becomes a rhythm game. You're, it's like the little mermaid level. The little mermaid section, yeah. It's okay. so bad. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was one of the best parts of the game, but I wish that they had done that more and on like every level they could have had a rhythm section. Just a quick search for Kingdom Hearts Dancing yields the results Kingdom Hearts Dancing Mushroom, Kingdom Hearts Dancing Green Mushroom, Dancing Mushroom. Apparently there's a lot of Dancing Mushrooms. It, actually, they should have just made the entire game that, like the rhythm game. 
It should have been the rhythm game, and it should have been the parts where you fly the gummy shit. Those were the best, clearly the best parts of Kingdom yeah, what, Hearts. What was the what was the name of not Dance Dance Revolution? The other one, like Into the Groove. That was it. Something like that. Into the Groove. Yeah. That was a good one. I liked Into the Groove in terms of rhythm games. It was basically DDR. But... Oh, they made a sequel in two thousand five. Yeah. Into um, the Groove. Into the Groove came out in 2004. Into the Groove 2 came out in 2005. I think that's the one Sports Time had. <laughs> the local arcade. I mean, uh, if you remember Sports Time, you and in the Groove. Well, let's not get ourselves doxxed here. Before we go on, Kingdom Hearts 4, uh, anybody going to buy it? <laughs> who's, in, who's, in, who's up for some Kingdom Hearts? Anybody play Kingdom Hearts 3? Pat. No, I, did not. I have not played it. It was on Game Pass. It was on Game Pass, and I never touched it. What 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 consoles is it coming out on? It's coming out for mobile. Uh, no phone. No platforms have been announced, so it could end up being a PS5 exclusive first. It's a mobile only game. Are you kidding me? No, I'm I'm kidding. That was a joke. I I know. Although, although that would be not a bad idea. Put on every platform, just like Doom. You know what started out as a joke was um. The Yakuza Like a Dragon. That was an April Fool's of April Fool's prank. The idea for a uh, yeah Yakuza turn ba- a, a turn based RPG Yakuza game. Oh, was that announced on April first? Oh, well, it was. It was originally an April Fool's joke, but that one they, that they one turned out real. that one turned out all right apparently. Um, but Kingdom Kingdom Hearts Four prediction it will not turn out well. It will be just as bad as all the other ones. Did the Sonic movie start off as April Fool's joke too? Uh, I, I think so. Was it Sonic that was going to be voiced by Danny DeVito? Or no, that was D- Detective Pikachu. No, that was Detective Pikachu. That was would a have joke been, campaign. Would have been pretty good. Just like but Sonic's the, first face. Spe- speaking of which, though, Matt, you just saw the, hmm. the second Sonic movie. I did. I just I just went last night. I saw Sonic Adventure 2 or Sonic the, the movie t- 2. Sonic 2, so- the Sonic movie. 2. Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was very good. I enjoyed the first Sonic more than I thought I was going to, and I enjoyed this one um, probably about the same. I think that uh, Jim Carrey is terrific in in his role as as Robotnik. I thought Idris Elba absolutely stole the show as Knuckles. Really, like, I thought he was playing. Knuckles. I thought Idris Elba was playing Tails. No, no, mm, he's not. I don't see him as Knuckles. I think Idris Elba is more of a Tails type. My Miles. Miles Tails That's, per hour. No. Who played Tails? And then how was and how was John Ralphio? Tails was John Ralphio was very good at Sonic. Wasn't Tails voiced by the original voice actor from the game? Colleen O'Shaughnessy. I'm assuming it's O'Shaughnessy because her name cuts off at O'Shawn, oh. and it's it's a very well, yeah Pat, it is O'Shaughnessy. Pat is our resident Irish, so he can very he can Irish. Name. She voices Tails. It checks out. It sounds Irish. Thank you, Irish, Irish. expert. Pat. Yep. So she's, uh, yeah, she's Tails, but does not do an Irish accent at any point. I thought that would have made Tails a little bit more more spicier, but um, she was okay. She was all right. Um, the I did not really care for the generic white guy who uh, Sonic's yeah. like 
Foster Chris Pratt. Had. Yeah, Chris Pratt. Right? No, it's not oh, Chris Pratt. It should be Chris Pratt. Because it would be better. It's the original Cyclops from the X-Men. Actually, the entire time he was on screen, I just imagined that it was Chris Pratt and it made the movie better. Is so. it not James Marsden? Did, did James Marsden get killed by, by Robotnik at the end of the first movie? Pat, you James, could, you could I mean, John, James Marsden gets gunned down at the end where he's, oh he's in the shed, remember? Robotnik kills him? No, he's in the shed and he comes out of the shed. No, I'm thinking of John Marston. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> John Marston. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was good. I recommend it. Go out and see the Sonic movie. You have nothing to fear. Excellent. Um, they they tease the next villain, but I'm not going to give that away. Very good. Uh, good little moment at the uh, mid-credits uh, teaser. It's Dark Sonic. Dark Sonic. That's my prediction. I have not seen no, it. No, it's Metal Sonic. Metal no, no Sonic, one, John. No one knows about Metal Sonic. Is it Shadow the Hedgehog? He's very edgy. Is it the Hedgehog with the gun? Yes, that's a good one. I will just say there, there's really only so many Sonic villains out there. So I, My prediction for the next Sonic movie is that they will be adapting Sonic 2006. Sonic will make out with a human female. <laughs> this is my prediction. So you have seen the movie. They know where their bread is buttered. And it's with Sonic making out with a blonde lady. I'm not really sure if they do, but yes. Uh, that was one thing about the movie is they they tried to cram a lot of references that are, I think even for even for young kids are outdated. Like they have a, a reference to flossing, which <laughs> was, I don't think it's been a thing since like 2015. Yeah, that's, script, uh, that's, that's an old script. Sega, Sega Cinematic Universe confirmed. What my Bell and Wonderworld movie? Someday. Billy Hatcher. Billy Hatcher. That's not, that's, those are not Billy happening. Hatcher is a legitimately underrated game. I will die on that hill. They're all just going to run out of ideas, and we'll get we'll get all of these things. So it'll all happen. Speaking of uh, running out of ideas, uh, Halo season Halo season two. Uh, you know, roadmap there. Roadmap for season two. Pat? I was very excited for that roadmap. Uh, let's pull it up. We've got two multiplayer maps. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. Two. Bungie would have made 12 by now. Two. If oh, you, my God. If you, have, if you saw the trailer for the new Halo Infinite maps, it is the most brazen trailer I've ever seen a company make, ever. It, it's just incredibly brazen is the word for it because – they, they, they do a slow pan. It's about 15 minutes long. And it's a slow pan of these two maps that they clearly spent like a year, I guess, or more developing. Or at least that's that's what we're led to believe. Um, all for two maps. Just two maps. In, in, in this big like 15-minute spot where they just slow pan through everything in, on the map. After the original game only launched with, what, like eight maps? Two maps. Oh, excuse me, 10. Ooh, I thought it was 12. Well, like I, said, was like I said, Bungie would have put out, you know, two, four map packs by now, and every single one of those maps would have been amazing, as opposed to Halo Infinite, which had 10 or 12 maps, and maybe two are good, maybe? Maybe two are good, and at least two are the worst Halo maps I've ever played in any Halo game. So they they have not had a good track record. Three or three, four, three has not had a good record. There are 10 maps now. I, I disagree. I think the maps in, in Halo Infinite are, are are all playable and fine. There are two that are really bad. 
But the issue the is sand one, right? The sand one and the one with the the sand but one the, is terrible. There's only eight viable maps, uh, and and in big, big team battle, there's only one viable map. Yep, exactly. So it gets super repetitive. That's why we we bounced off it after like what uh, a month. It's it's a shame because just it's plays really nice, but uh, they they are putting Forge into beta for six months for season two. So we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, hopefully it's not like the Master Chief collection where there's just a whole bunch of these really shitty Forge maps in, in multiplayer. Yeah, Halo 3 was still peak Forge, and I don't know that we've recaptured the magic of Halo 3 Forge. Uh, my, my, my question is, um, have they just completely brushed campaign multiplayer co-op under the rug? They just don't, they're hoping everyone forgot about that? That's not going to happen. First of all, that's insultingly late. It took them nine. It's going to take them nine months, ten months to get that crap out the door, and and I don't even. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not even confident in that. Another example of the campaign is pretty solid, a pretty solid foundation, but clearly needs the co-op. Playing it on your own, it's a very barren kind of lifeless thing. You're just doing these repetitive tasks over and over again. It's a it's a campaign that would be benefited greatly by having co-op. They didn't launch with it, and and God knows when it'll come out. Well, we'll have to, uh, I guess, stay tuned and keep our ear to the ground on that one. We'll see uh, Sean W. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what he has to say friend about of the that. Show. Friend, friend, of the show. friend of the show. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Stop. You can't just say someone's a friend of the show. Old friend. We've known him for so, so long. He's We go way back with Sean W. We go way back. So we'll, we'll keep we'll keep an ear, ear to the ground on that one. Uh, any final thoughts about? Uh... Well, so, so Forge is coming out August. 2022 and then breath of the wild is spring 2023 yeah breath of the wild was delayed to spring 2023 i'm not really surprised at this one i am i am very surprised by this one i mean you didn't i'm pleasantly surprised i got got the sense that it was it was not coming out this year because they really they they kept it very hush I got the sense originally that this was supposed to be an Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask kind of a cadence where they're basically using the same engine that they already spent many years developing, and they're just going to put in a new quest for Link within that framework that they already made. You know, they're going to tweak it potentially. Majora's Mask tweaked Ocarina of Time brilliantly, um, but they did all the hard work. They spat out Majora's Mask, I think, within two years of Ocarina of Time coming out. That is the expectation I had with um, Breath of the Wild 2. So for the fact that it'll take almost six years, six years ex- actually, for, for the sequel to Breath of the Wild to come out, I mean, are they completely reinventing it? It, it looks like, Stephen, it looks like it's Skyward Sword thrown into Breath of the Wild's engine, right? But they also have that scary villain like in Majora's Mask, which was darker in tone than Orcarina of Time. But also Skyward Sword because they like that concept because they shoved that into Twilight Princess also. The sky yeah. people. But it's never worked, Stephen. Why are they going back to this well that hasn't worked? Skyward because Sword was... I, they want to build a Zelda flight simulator? Yeah. Someone on the Zelda team just loves loves gliding a lot. And you know what? The gliding in Breath of the Wild, extremely fun. Going to the top of a mountain and then gliding off, a blast. And then you like drop down on an enemy and smash them. It's a lot, it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun. But I am a little concerned, A, by the fact that it's taking them six years to make this game, and B, that there is this emphasis on flying stuff, which has not worked historically, in my opinion. In well, Zelda. who knows, because they usually like to tie Zelda stuff or Mario stuff to new hardware. And that 
is difficult now. I was going to say, is this coming for a Switch 2? Patrick, I know of no indication of a Switch 2. All I've heard is that there's the LED switch um, with the fancy new screen. But last I heard, and I might have missed something new, there was no new hardware associated with it. There was no new um, software associated with it. No no higher technical specifications. Um, and in fact, Nintendo put the kibosh on that. Um, so I don't think that we're going to get advanced uh, hardware you know, in 12 months from Nintendo. No. Let them take their time. They'll make something polished. Also, they don't need to. They're still selling Switches like hotcakes. So they don't need to refresh Switch and come out with a whole new line of line of products. They just launched the new Mario Kart maps. <laughs> exactly. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, but but it's but it is a little concerning that this is old hardware. So the Switch is over six years old now. It was already sort of struggled and chugged. Uh, uh, Stephen, did you have this experience with Breath of the Wild in Kokiri Forest? The frame rate would just collapse all the time oh yeah that specific area yeah well there were a couple there were a couple with lots of effects or if there were a bunch of explosions the switch could not keep up or if you were one of those people that stacked all the balloons into one spot and then tried yeah. to fly your raft into the volcano beautiful game but i don't know if uh, how a six year you know it, it, this is a game coming out six years later like it's not going to be graphically that much better than breath of the wild it can't be the switch can't hold up to it so is this is the switch a a, a dead console then is it no, it's not dead, but you can't expect we can't expect you know like big graphical or performance leaps and bounds um, right. advances now because it's 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 a tablet. It's basically a six year old tablet. Didn't they just leak something about handheld games coming to it? Speaking of dead, Pat, how's uh, what about Avengers? Is that a dead game? <sighs> Was it ever alive to begin with, Patrick? That's a that's a sore spot. That game could have been something. Could it? No, it could. Pat, you wanted to talk about this. I put it in the notes. I put it in the show notes because you wanted to talk about it. I know. I, I know I wanted to talk spot. about this. It's just, it's a sore spot because that game... Talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, which just came to Game Pass. That game's great. That game is great. You should play Patrick, that Patrick, wouldn't you agree... That game is everything Avengers Wouldn't you not. agree that Avengers was screwed from the start because it was clearly a game predicated on microtransactions? They didn't set out to make a great game with a great narrative like Guardians. It was just made to churn out sales of microtransactions. I think that that game was supposed to be a great game at the start, and then Square Enix saw Destiny money, or the potential of Destiny money, and they told... Crystal Dynamics to start chopping that thing up. We need microtransactions. We need forced co-op. It does not. How work. long ago did Destiny come out? Destiny came out years ago. Yeah, but it's been a success. It's been a successful model, and honestly, a lot of a lot of uh, developers, Ubisoft, etc., are going away from a say Guardians of the Galaxy style single player, um, you know, not microtransaction oriented campaign type of game, and they're shoehorning in the microtransactions and the skins and all these little sales um, into games that really are best suited for a pure single-player experience. Pat, don't you agree that Avengers should have been that pure single-player experience? A hundred percent, and you can see the bones of it in there. Where some of the campaign missions are like structured around one character. There's not much co-op stuff that leaks in. A lot of the combat's really well-designed, too, but to shoehorn co-op in... They had to make every map the same, so it's like this flat plane where every character can traverse, no matter their abilities. There's always something that gets them to the same spot, no matter who. And you of course, play the as. second issue is that the story that they wrote for that game 
not great, especially in comparison to Guardians, which they they nailed. They really uh, did a fantastic job. Probably, you know what, Patrick? I would say Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, is probably my favorite Marvel story. Possibly, period. Like if you like, including all of the movies, except for of course Infinity War, which is my favorite. Marvel movie and one of the happiest endings to a movie ever. It's a it's a beautiful triumphant ending. But other but setting Infinity War aside, I would say Guardians. I don't know if you agree with this. Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, best Marvel story in terms of all of the video games and movies that have come out over the last twenty years. No, one hundred percent. That that it's so much. It's a rich character driven story. Emotional. It gets yeah. It stabs you at the heart. So you know what else has a great story? Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Let's talk about that story. Story for the ages. It's got Jar Jar Binks in it. And he, this this seems like a Steven game. If there is any Steven game on this list, Steven, how far are you? I, I don't even have to ask if you're playing it or not, because I know that you are. How far are you in Lego Star Wars right now, Steven? So so what's the so what's the difference between this one? They added the sequel trilogy now? I think it's it's, it's, all, it's all like a different no, no, yeah, they, it's all, it's, so all it's, it's all nine games, Steven, but they redid a lot of the code. Um, for you know, because these Star Wars Legos game Lego games they've been spitting out for the last what twenty years since I think two thousand four was the first one. Um, so obviously a lot of that original code is um, pretty antiquated. So they rewrote the code as a new engine. Um, I think there's new content even for those old campaigns um, if they're not just redone sort of from, from the ground up. Um, and there's the addition of the um, uh, incredibly forgettable sequel trilogy. So what I'm hearing is they made a new game that's nice and shiny, and there's going to be more memes now. I'm not aware of any memes, unless you think unless you think Jar Jar Binks is a meme, but he's not. He's actually an incredible character filled with pathos and and uh, emotion. Um, Stephen, I want to I want to raise something. Do you know who voices Jar Jar Binks in this new Lego Star Wars game? Since it, since they didn't bring back on my best. It's Idris Elba, Stephen. Idris Elba voice. He, he would he would be a great he would be a great uh, Jar Jar Binks. No, Stephen, it's Phil Lamar. Futurama's Phil Lamar is doing a very good Jar Jar Binks impression in that game. You mean Samurai Jack's Phil mm, Lamar, or Futurama, or now Jar Jar Binks, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Lamar? Justice League Unlimited's Phil Lamar. He does a very good Jar Jar Binks. Um, the guy they they got to got to do Liam Neeson's um, Qui Gon Jinn, not as good. Um, not very good at all. Oh, um, so he was in Pulp Fiction, so he did get. Oh, wow. If, yes, Philomar was. Spoilers. Spoilers there. Um, no, the the game, uh, Matt. Uh, I, I have seen some of this, uh, some of this new Lego Star Wars game. I think that the Phantom Menace campaign looks fantastic. I think Phantom Menace is an unfairly maligned movie. It's due for a reassessment, a reevaluation, and maybe this will be the first swing. A bunch of uh, a bunch of kids are going to play this uh, this game and realize Phantom Menace is, is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this game is getting a lot of traction um, among uh, parents. This is a big parent friendly game, apparently, because the settings are very customizable and there's a lot of like help modes that you can, I guess, help your kid play. But the game is also not challenging. So yeah, even Pat was allowed to play Lego Star Wars back in the day. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. And this is a big problem I'm seeing across the board in games in general. I, when I was a kid, I, I liked playing challenging games. I liked yes. playing, uh, you know, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Still, we haven't beat it to this day because it is, it is a really hard game. <laughs> well, we, grew up, well, we grew up on those, those that post-arcade game era where the games were hard because they wanted to, they had to steal your money. And now 
because they're just going to steal your money in other ways, like microtransactions, they don't need to be as difficult or challenging as they once were. I've, I've thought about this, Matt. I feel like the dichotomy is usually little kids and teenagers like easy games or easy games are made for those people, whereas adults play the hard games. But I think that's backwards. Now that I'm older, I, I don't have the time to bang my head against very difficult games, e.g. Sekiro, which is kicking my ass. Um, whereas as a kid, you can spend every day coming back from school and just really get, get those, get those difficult gameplay tactics down. You have the fast reflex, twitch reflexes to, to do some really, so like my, my, my old geometry wars, um, skills for that old, Patrick, you remember that old, uh, Xbox 360 arcade game? A great game. game. I was like, I would, for at like 13 or 14, I would be in the zone on that one and just pull off these incredible twitch reflex combos and get like you know literally like a million points of that thing i can't do that now i'm, I'm so slow and old i can't hit, keep up with that i feel like that dichotomy should be the more difficult games are perfect for younger teenage audiences and the old guys like us we like something maybe a little more breezy unless we can really dive into something kirby's yes. forgotten land is where it's at perfect that's that's the kind of game that is a video game for adults so uh, right now I'm, I'm actually playing i'm playing elden ring but i'm also playing tunic at the same time uh. And Elden Ring has become my weekend game, and Tunic is very much my after-work game because I just don't have the mindset or attention. The energy, the energy devote. level. You just, yeah, you just don't. Yeah, you just like worked Elden all day. You can't do Elden so Ring. It's, uh, Elden Ring has been, yeah, definitely relegated or promoted to the weekend spot. However, you want to look at it, and uh, games like Tunic, and I'm sure Kirby. Um, Kirby, I'm, I'm going to probably save for, that's like a long trip kind of game because of the portability. Long mind, mindless, mindless. So you just go around yeah. and you bash, you bash some enemies in, you, you eat a car, you, you eat you like do. a little, you eat a Fiat and turn into a Fiat. That's pretty cool. Suck up a lot of things. Yeah. Lots of, um, lots of sucking in that game. Lots of sucking in that game. And, and Matt and, and blowing, lots of blowing in that game too. Indeed. Um, and speaking of, as well, speaking of handheld games, because we said that earlier. <laughs> Got to work on these transitions. Uh, does anybody, anybody own a Playdate? That's a, a handheld a, console? A, a, a what now? It's a little yellow Game Boy with a crank. I know what it is, Stephen. No one owns the damn thing because there's a gigantic backlog <laughs> and people who ordered it years ago are going to have to wait till Christmas to get it. Perfect timing for this holiday season. Or why next would I want to crank? Yeah, why? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually confused as to why this is a thing for for a couple of reasons. The only thing I can think of is that it's 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 like one of those. It's like why PBR got really popular. Mm. It's it's all just it's all like name just name dropping and and marketing. What's a playdate? Uh, the playdate, Nick, is a it's a yellow Game Boy. Um, it looks sort of like a flat Game Boy color. It's, but it's it's the size of a it's like the size of a credit card. Small. Yeah. Um, but it it has it has it has three controls. It has a D pad, an A B button, and a little crank on the side. And a um, one of my issues with it a monochrome screen. So it's so it is so it's so it's really not a Game Boy color. It's it's just a, a straight up Game Boy with a crank. But on it's it. does the screen have I, a I've light? Heard I heard from from um, uh, from Minmax, mm -hmm. from another friend of the show, yeah. um, that the I love Ben Hansen. Yeah, Ben Hansen, friend, very good friend of the show. Um, that the this console has a very poor light, apparently, oh. like a very poor backlight. 
Oh. Like the backlight of it, it is, has one, which well, is kind of reminiscent of the of the Game Boy, the original Game. Well, Boy. you do remember the solution to that problem, Matt? You have to buy a little peripheral light. Worm light. Worm light. Worm light. The solution was you had to wait. No, no, no. You had to wait until your mom drove through one of the uh, lights on the on the highway, and then you could play as much as you wanted while you were stopped in the under the light. How how poor were you? The worm lights, the worm lights, the worm lights cost ten dollars, Matt. It was a fun little worm. Yeah, but the worm light drained your battery, so you couldn't play it. For I just long. have a worm light. I only I just used my my the best peripheral. The best peripheral, better than the worm light, was Stephen. Do you remember this? I think it was for the Game Boy Advance, um, the original Game Boy Advance, not the SP. It was a clip that a magnified the screen and b had a fold out. Had a fold out light. Find old man when you were when you were twelve. But you need you need a light and a magnifying glass. I when I I would, do, I would drive home on Christmas playing playing Pokemon Crystal or whatever, and I would play that in the back of my, my mom's car, my dad's car as they were driving in the dark, and that was good enough for me to to beat everything. I think a lot of our vision problems started with the Game Boy. The magnifier was for Game Boy Color or for Game color. Boy. Color. And you would add color. the worm light, but the magnifier sometimes came with a built-in light. Well, the issue with, with this the issue with this play date is A, apparently the light is poor, but I would say that the issue is um, black and white display. I, I don't have any sort of retro adherence to black and white stuff. In fact, I've the, the playing the original Game Boy or the Game Boy Pocket before I got my Game Boy Color, I, I did not like those games. The crappy little monochrome display was just, it was just depressing as a child playing these, these crappy little black and white games. Have you turned on uh, like an original Game Boy or Game Boy Pocket, put on like Pokemon Blue or Red? And hopped on a bike. I don't. I don't know if this is just like a like a processing thing, or if it's how the game was originally played. But go go check out like your Game Boy Pocket. Go on, get get the bike, put on Pokemon Blue, get on the bike, and then just go left or right or up or down, and the whole screen's blurry. I don't understand. I don't know. No, they had to draw. They had to draw in like the the next like um, sort of block of pixels. They, they couldn't. It didn't like stream in. It like it didn't. It didn't like stream in instantly. It was like yeah, a I, refresh I, I almost. I don't know how. How did like would we just ride the bike like three yeah. squares, then pause, and then check this around? Because like it's literally unrideable. You shouldn't be playing games and riding your bike at the same time. I was I was thinking of making that the thumbnail. Spat's <laughs> face. Oh. oh, it went it went dark again. Oh, I think well. my, my conclusion, having I don't own a Playdate, but I saw a lot of gameplay of Playdate games. Is a the games are pretty rudimentary. One of the games is literally just Snake. It's just Snake on the Nokia with like a little bit of uh, yeah, well, that's one the, little I variation. Think that's the but but it's not a gimmick, Matt. What, do you do you actually? But do you actually want to play Snake in the year twenty twenty two? That's why it's a gimmick. But that's not a gimmick. That's a nothing. It's it, it has no value. Um, They're trying to get hipster. This is I actually I heard it very aptly described as the the playdate is the theater kid of of handheld consoles. Here it is, right here. Uh, playdate dot or play dot date. Scroll down all the way to the bottom. At copyright panic. Playdate is a registered trademark of Panic. S three fifteen Southwest Eleventh Ave Fourth Floor Portland Oregon. That's all you need. Portland. To know. Portland, yeah, yeah. This they is a made Portland untitled thing. Goose Game, which was delightful. 
uh, they, also, should not have they also the did uh, Firewatch. Firewatch, I think, was their first game. Yeah, I like them too. The, the games, the games look like really bite-sized um, versions of Game Boy Pocket games that I already wouldn't want to play for more than an hour, and they added a crank to it. There was one cool game that where you like control like a it's like asteroids basically, and you control the plane with the crank. It looked it looked okay, but it's not something I would play for more than ten minutes. So I, I think you're right, Matt. I think it's you know it's, Is there it's a gimmick. It's, Can you it's, get it for your phone? No, Stephen. Does your phone have a crank on it? I mean, it's got an accelerometer. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. You can't play your dang crank games on your dang phone. You I need can a play buy a date. peripheral. You need a play date. And if you want a play date, you're going to be waiting a long time. I want a play date. Given, given the play date, and uh, we had also the Steam Deck earlier in the year, uh, word word is that this is the year of the handheld. You think, you think that's – is that – What do you mean by handheld? Do you mean phones? Is it, is it the, the year of, of the phones? handheld console? What, what do you mean a year? Is this the year of the handheld console? Which, ha- which handheld consoles are you referring to? The PlayStation? The Steam Deck and the PlayStation. Oh, the Steam Deck. Oh, yes, the Steam Deck. No, Does they're the both. Switch count? No, 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 they're both um, dumb and. Uh, There's not also the Switch, blessed. which is I think is has gotten a lot of traction this year. We saw uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Lands last year. Big, big release. Put no. them on Snap too. No, the Switch huge. has had a absolutely uh, huge. The Switch has had a horrific dearth of games for for years. Um, I'm actually mm. really bummed out that first party Nintendo games have just dried up. Stephen, the only first party, uh, somewhat good first party Nintendo game recently has been that Metroid game. But even that was that incredible. You're the Metroid guy. I'm the Metroid guy. You're the Metroid yeah. guy, Stephen. You are the Metroid guy. If you're not the Metroid guy, I don't know what you are. I it was my first 2D Metroid, so it was okay. Oh, okay, never mind. Then you're not the Metroid guy. You didn't even play Fusion. Oh, okay. Um, the my point is that there have been some very disappointing delays and cancellations and lack of uh, activity from first-party Nintendo developers, and my Switch has sat um, pretty much unused for the last couple of years. I played, I played, I played Hades on it. I played Hades on it, but only because it wasn't on Game Pass yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think the jury is still out. We'll have to see how the playdate does when it actually does finally. I guess addendum. Addendum. I have been playing um, Ace Attorney, the Ace Attorney trilogy collection <laughs> on um, on the Switch. It's a fantastic game. It uh, is very confusing with with it, it, being a law student. It's very confusing to play a video game version of my evidence class. Um, the one thing I'll say is it's very very well written, very funny. Stephen, you would like. There's a lot of great puns. Um, in the Ace Attorney games, it's a lot of, of fun humor and incredible soundtrack. I had no idea that the Ace Attorney games, a game where you play as a you play as a dang offense, defense attorney, banger soundtrack. So one of the best chiptune style soundtracks I've heard in many years. It's on Spotify too, so you can listen to it while you're working out. It's on it's, Switch. Uh, the trilogy, the Ace Attorney trilogy collection, Stephen came out on Switch at, at least two years ago. It more. did. It is on Switch. Can confirm, and you yes. can buy it in the Nintendo Marketplace on Switch. It's, it's been. I want to. I want to play the new one that just came out, Chronicles. Oh, the yes. one that came out, I well, guess, a year ago. But it seems like it's a fairly narrative. Uh, there's a narrative, and maybe you should start at the beginning, Matt, with Ace Attorney trilogy. I I played a couple of the mobile games, mm. and I believe that's the same. Like they were, it was mobile, and also. I want to say like DS at the same like simultaneous release game. Maybe check it but out anyway, on Nintendo Switch. It was it was they were fun. They were fun. They're fine games. Um, Great sound. My uh, closing closing question to everybody: 
uh, this is my Iwata ask segment of mm-hmm. the of the the cast. Um, is we're gonna go round robin and we're gonna start with uh, Nick because he had the best segues today. So uh, starting with Nick, which and this is a question for everybody: if you could live in one gaming environment, one gaming world or level, which world would you live in? Well. I would I would live in the Warhammer 40k universe. Uh yes. you know, because everything's more metal. Yes. All right. All right. Uh all right, Steven, which world would you live in? Animal Crossing feels like the safest pet. Somehow I knew you would go Animal Crossing on that one. Somehow I knew it. All right, John. I think maybe New Donk City in Super Mario Odyssey would be a fun one. You're just going around, wearing your suit, living living your life, and then all of a sudden a big, fat, misshapen plumber <laughs> comes and just bops you on the head, uses you as a trampoline to get to some other location. I, I think I think it'd be delightful. So in this scenario, are you are you a person or are you actually Mario? I would not want to be Mario. I I would hate being Mario. Mario is constantly getting killed and falling off of the high surfaces. No, I want to be one of the generic little guys walking around New Donk City. To and then be at the end, possessed by Mario. Yes, and then you then potentially you, he throws his hat at you, and you become fused with him. Uh, how would that work? At least temporarily. At least temporarily. No, I uh, yeah, New Donk City. All right, Matt. I think I would go with uh, Green Hill Zone, so I could just listen to that song over and over again. Would you be one of the bad guys? Would you be one of the captured little squirrels? Would you be Sonic? Uh, I would be Sonic. <laughs> so, you, so you would, so you would potentially. I would be one of the rings. You'd potentially <laughs> fall into the <laughs> You potentially fall yeah. into the water yeah. and, and drown, and have to listen to that horrifying song while you're That's drowning. Just, it's a great song, or one of the Kirby, any of the Kirby worlds except for Forgotten Lands, mm. because Forgotten Lands, that universe seems absolutely terrifying. Honestly, honestly, it reminded me a lot of uh, of near near uh, near uh, Automata. It, it does, <laughs> especially decayed. the mall. Like it's very yeah. <laughs> overgrown, <laughs> sad, lonely. Who, who knew Kirby? Who knew Kirby could be so depressing? Philosophical robots. Yeah, that's true. That's one world I would not want to live in. But that'll have to be for our next episode. Um, our, our ask segment. I want to thank Nick, Stephen, Pat, wherever he may be. He's flown the coop, John. Uh, For joining me here today, once again, I'm Matt Paranella, and this has been Tomorrow is Cancelled.